All right, welcome back, everybody. We're at another episode of the CC Football Podcast, and today I'm pleased to welcome one of my good friends, Imad, from school. Imad, how are you? I'm great. I'm so thankful to be here, man. Um, super excited to get a get this started. We have a really fun uh, show planned. So. Yeah, we have a great, great plan for this episode. I think you guys are gonna love it. Craig, do you want to run us through the basic outline? Yeah. Hey, everyone. Today we're going to do, I think we're going to do a quick uh, recap slash prediction for the Champions League games. Um, and then we're going to jump into a sort of fun game fantasy draft thing that Clay's come up with for us. Yeah, I think that's going to be wonderful. And it's going to be somewhat seasonal because the American football NFL draft is coming up relatively soon. So I think this is going to be a, a good little exercise for us all to try to build our best teams. So, Craig, the first game we're going to discuss, um, we're just going to run through them in order in which they were played. So, Leipzig versus Liverpool. Oof, I'm going to throw it over to the Liverpool boys over there. Let's see what you guys have to say first. I mean, I think it was a very exciting game to watch. Um, of course, the clean sheet was really important for Liverpool, who's been struggling with honestly just getting a win right now. Yeah. Um, Mm-hmm. So getting those those early goals, away goals, um, and then trying to defend at home, which we've currently been struggling with, I think it's going to be really helpful. Yeah, I, I really am optimistic about Liverpool progressing through into the round, uh, the quarterfinals for the Champions League, especially because they've picked up two away goals. That means that if Liverpool score a third at home on aggregate, then that means Leipzig will need to score three. So, I mean... I think they'll need to score four. Oh, yeah, score four. That's my bad. Um, So, yeah, I mean, I think that Liverpool can really progress, and I think that the Champions League has shifted to become their number one priority in this season, especially since we've seen the drop-off in the league and they're not really in any other cup competitions. So uh, I would have to predict Liverpool to progress, but Leipzig are definitely going to put up a fight. They're a tough team, and they have a good manager, and – as we've seen in the past versus United versus other teams, they can explode. Yeah, and in the Champions League, I feel like it's it's a never a safe bet to say that you have enough goals to stay ahead. Um, you can just look back at when Liverpool beat Barcelona. Um, a lot can change in one game. Plus, Liverpool is currently going through some more injury um, <laughs> problems with, with Henderson now falling uh, ill. And um, also... Ali's son is dealing with uh, some really sad, tragic personal issues. So the passing of his father. Yeah. Um, so it'll be um, it'll be interesting to see how Liverpool comes back in defense. Yeah, definitely thoughts with 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 Allison's family. Um, and then just a, that's true. You never walk alone. Even as a United fan, I'll have to say it this time. Um, and Clay, actually, this was the, the Liverpool was away in this game, right? Yes, they were the away team, although the, the fixture was played at a neutral venue. Yeah, yeah. So if they uh, to correct what we said earlier, Leipzig would Leipzig would win if they scored three goals and Liverpool scored one in the next game because they would have three away goals. We just got messed up with the math there. But either way, to stay positive, it's a huge, I mean, a sight for sore eyes for Liverpool fans. So big, big result. Um, and if 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 Liverpool, you know, throw away the Champions League. Um, 
then there's not too much for Liverpool fans to get excited about. So I'm really hoping for you guys that they that they keep performing in that one competition at least. I agree. Moving on. Uh, Barca PSG. What a game. Reminiscent of a few years ago. I, I was having flashbacks. Yeah, I think this is done. You can wrap it up. It's done, dusted. Um, send PSG on to the next to the quarterfinals. Um, probably, in my opinion, this is going to be the last Champions League game that Messi is going to play with Barcelona, and we'll see him playing for some other team. Probably, if I had to bet, Manchester City next year. But um, yeah. yeah, PSG. I will say utterly, that's PSG was just utterly dominant. No. Yeah. And I will say this was the that was exactly what people were saying a few years ago with the exact same results. And uh, Barcelona went through. We all know how that went. The only difference this time is no um, Neymar, no Suarez, just Messi. Oh, lot, lot, lots of differences. You're right with the players, but also differences that I think Barcelona were at home um, for the second leg, and I think they'll be away for the second leg this time. But we've seen it happen before. We've seen, we've seen. I don't know Barcelona. You, you never know. Champions League, like Ahmad said a couple minutes ago, you never know what's going to happen. Um, but you love to see the the exchange, the torch. Uh, in this game, I feel like it was very evident to see uh, Mbappe oh, yeah. really take over and and show how uh, dominant he is in the game. Um, and it's crazy because you're watching him play against Lionel Messi, the greatest player of all time. So, yeah, really what a performance! See where PSG can can take uh, take this run. Yeah, absolutely breathtaking performance from from Mbappe. I was I loved loved watching him. And speaking of him, if there's anyone who who can compete with them right now, moving on to the next game, Erling Holland wasn't backing down from the challenge. He scored two goals in the Dortmund Sevilla three two win. What do you think? Um, I love Holland, and I love the energy that he brings to Dortmund. And um, this game, especially, I think it was a very back and forth game. I'm really excited to see the second leg. Um, I think Sevilla, they came up with a late goal at the end. I think it was well-deserved. Um, but Holland just cannot be stopped right now. Um, <laughs> and it, I feel like he comes into this energy every game where he expects a score or he saw his uh, his friend Mbappe come off and, and come, go off against Barcelona and said, let me do the same. So, Yeah, Clay, what do you um, – lots of talk last week about um, – Mbappe and Holland, I guess people were using that the two back-to-back games as as kind of the final proof if anyone needed it that that this was the new generation and we actually might have another rivalry for the next 10-15 years, not just you know Mbappe being the best. Yeah, I, I think that right now Holland still has a little bit of ways to go in terms of all roundness. And that's really honestly very terrifying for any of any team that doesn't have him because he's already so good and the fact that you can watch him and say okay this guy has still room for improvement he can be even better and at the same level as Mbappe and as the top players in the world right now um I would really love to see him reach his fullest potential and try to create another sort of um Ronaldo versus Messi rivalry that we've had for the past decade or, or more yeah, watching for me watching Mbappe and Holland, I I don't know because sometimes I, I watch like United players are a great example who are you know like 23, 24, who are you know really really good players and I think wow they're really talented and they're still only so young like who knows what they're going to become in a few years 
Um, and then you see 19 year olds, 18 year olds, 20, 21 year olds. Now Mbappe is a little bit older, I guess, but he was, he's been doing it since the time he was Holland's age and younger. Um, and they're doing, they're already taking over the world from the time they're 18, 19. And then it really puts it into perspective. Like that's what it takes to be the next Messi or Ronaldo, not just to be, you know, a really good player at 23 um, with, with lots of potential, of course, like, all these players are going to, you know, like Rafford, for example, are going to be great players, hopefully lots of potential. Um, but, you know, if you really want to look at who's going to be the next Messi, Ronaldo, the next player of the world, they really, they find a way to start, you know, at 18, 19 already being some of the best players in the world. So that really puts it in perspective for me, watching them play. Makes me a little bit jealous, but um, you never know. Either or both of them could could be could be at, at one of our teams sooner. Yeah, I would really – it would be the dream to see them both play in the same league eventually and be able to go head-to-head directly instead of being indirectly compared for the next 15, 20 years or however long they're going to play. But if we could see them play in the Prem or in Spain or wherever they end up and having those classic matches where they just duel each other, that would be – I think that would be just a joy for everyone to watch. But looking at Sevilla's side, I mean, I don't think that they're out of it yet as much as we will say that Dortmund are so exciting and so so promising across the whole squad, Sevilla have a fighting shot. You know, they are very experienced in the Europa League and they have a very experienced squad on their side and they know how to win these cup matches. And I think that we could be in, in line for a little bit of an upset. I think overall Sevilla played a very well, well-fought game. You got to remember, they actually started off with the lead. And I think uh, without the individual... Um, effort of Holland, it would have been a very different uh, result at the end of the game. So I'm very interested to see how Sevilla comes out, lines up, and uh, manages to try to, to come back in this game. Yeah, as a Man United fan, I know more than anyone that that Sevilla can definitely, is definitely capable of knocking knocking teams out of the Champions League. So um, I would never, would never bet against Sevilla in a European competition. Um, but we can move on. Another huge result, Porto 2-1 over Juventus. Um, and I know Juventus' this season hasn't gone as planned. Um, I don't even know where they are in the league anymore, which is not often that I can say that. Um, not in the top three or four. I think, they're, I think they might be fifth, but I'm not sure. Don't quote me on that. Um, but still, you wouldn't expect them. You wouldn't expect this result, Imad. Um, yeah. If, if you watched the game, you'd, you'd be stunned by how Juventus came out. They seemed so uh, lackadaisical. Um, both both goals coming very early in each half, um, but also have to be said that I think that Pirlo is going to come out and um, he's going to take a couple things and change it um, for for the next game. Um, hoping to see like Aaron Ramsey come out maybe um, instead of uh, subbing Amarata, start him in the beginning because I think he played very well at the end of the game. Of course, of course. Um, but yeah, I, I think it was really well played by Port, so I'm not going to – you got to give them justice for justice to do. Um, but it is not something we usually see from Juventus, and a team of their caliber expects to win every game they play in. So I would not be too surprised if we see Juventus come out uh, in the second uh, leg and, and really give it to Porto. I mean, you got to remember here. Yeah, and just to, sorry, Clay, just to, just to, I want to correct myself. I did check, 
And after, I guess after recent results, Juventus are now in the top three, um, but still a ways behind. So go ahead, Clay. Yeah, so I was going to say, you got to remember that these are two past Champions League winners. They're both um, perennial contenders, except for Porto. I don't think they're the perennial contenders. <laughs> um, <laughs> so Juventus is supposed to be a perennial contender, but yet they find themselves down two to one here. Um, I still have faith in the talent on their squad. I think that, yeah, they were on the, it was their away leg, and they're going to try to come back to Italy and take it to Porto. I don't think that the 2-1 deficit is going to be enough for them, for Porto to see themselves through. Ronaldo, too good. All right. Move on to Atletico Chelsea. This one was, uh, um, oh, what a game. And Chelsea finally break through at the end from with an absolute wonder goal um, from, from someone who I'm a big fan of, Olivier Giroud, the man of the moment. Always turns up when Chelsea needs him to. Um, and the, the fact that he hasn't gotten more playing time or recognition these last couple of years blows me away. But but we can discuss the positives. What a what a goal just when they needed him. And, you know, it just seemed like Atletico were going to hold out like they always do defensively and then come back and, you know, steal something in the second leg, as I'm sure you both are familiar with as well. But um, too much. Wow, what a what a goal! What a goal from Drew. What were your guys' thoughts? Um, and the un, and the unbeaten streak continues, by the way, for for Thomas Tuchel. Of course, of course, you're starting to really see Thomas Tuchel take uh, take control of Chelsea, and I'm very interested to see how he continues to to show his uh, strategy and gameplay with the players that he has. But I think Chelsea's so deep. I think they have such a good starting 11 and uh, bench. And I think Atletico is in a lot of trouble here, actually. I think the way that they play is very defensive style and counter-attack, or counter-attack. And they're the type of team that if they go up early, they keep that lead and it's very hard to beat them. We saw that last year against Liverpool and we let them score first. Um, and then we allowed, they, they sit back and they defend so well. Mm-hmm. But... I think they came back, came out against Chelsea, um, expecting to play the same way they did against Liverpool in years past. Um, but Chelsea had so much individual um, quality that now they're in a position where they're going to have to come out and they're going to have to attack Chelsea, which they're not used to doing. And it's it's very interesting because right now I feel like they're in this position where they have to try to switch how they play. And I feel like we know Atletico Madrid is the type of team who does well because of the way they defend, the way they play hard and rough. Um, but now they have to work these players in like uh, Joe Felix and, and Luis Suarez um, and go more offensive style. So, yeah, actually, I'm going to disagree with you, Matt, here, because if you watch um, Atletico play this season, they've actually transferred transformed and started to shift more in La Liga towards like a three at the back and more of an expansive football style, which is pretty unheard of considering they're, they're known for their trademark 4-4-2, park the bus versus everybody. And even in this game, they still lined up with three at the back, but we didn't see them be able to hold on to, to possession as much as they could. I think their possession was in the high 30s or something like that. So obviously Chelsea controlled the game in that aspect, but 
So in terms of being able to take the game to the opponent, this year, Atletico Madrid have had enough success in La Liga. They're top of the league right now. And I think they're three points clear of the next of the next team. So I I have a little bit of faith that they can pull it out and get a goal somewhere. But right now, Chelsea are just flying under Tuchel and it's going to be tough to to beat them. Yeah, I think you both have valid points. And I think the the reason that I wouldn't count Atletico Madrid out of the tie, I, I do agree with the Madden that I think conceding that goal is massive. It just has massive ramifications for them. And the way they, maybe if they haven't been playing the La Liga, the way they were playing that game in particular, they were playing to, to get away with the draw there um, or without conceding. And they almost did. And so that conceding that goal is huge. But the reason I wouldn't count against them is because to play the way they've played over the last couple of years and be, you know, these defensive monsters, to me, it's synonymous with mentality monsters. And you need to have um, a certain amount of like determination and conviction and stamina to be able to play that way. And that also comes in handy when you go down and you need to come back and, and fight. And this year they've got, you know, the top scorer in the league, a world-class player, Luis Suarez and Joao Felix. And they've got plenty of attacking talent that, you know, they might be able to, I'm not saying they will, but but I wouldn't count them out, but that was a huge goal for Chelsea and, and big win for Thomas Tuchel. All right, next game, another 4-1 result. This one may be a little bit less surprising than the PSG result, but another team who actually haven't been on top form recently. Um, a couple, uh, they lost or they tied a game and then lost the game in the Bundesliga right after winning the, whatever they won, the Club World Cup for their most recent trophy. Bayern, 4-1 against Lazio. Good result to, to kind of pick their form back up. Yeah, this is over. I think that this can be a quick <laughs> Bayern, have, for however much they struggled in the Bundesliga this year, they've shown that they can dominate in Europe. And I don't foresee anybody, especially Lazio, being able to come back and, and make up for a three-goal deficit that they've already built up. Yeah, I think Clay really covers it. Um, I think Lazio <laughs> came into this game thinking that Bayern was was a uh, was at a low point and that they might be able to squeak one out. Um, and I think Bayern really came up and and proved them that they're still that giant that won the Champions League last year. So, yes, that they are. They're going to be, in my opinion, still the still the team to beat. Um, they they would still be favorites in my eyes. Um, to win the Champions League this year, but it, it, honestly, with a competition like Champions League, it's hard to, to pick favorites. Um, all right, this one, Real Madrid 1-0 over Atalanta. Real Madrid pull out pull out the win in a, a very late goal. Let me check. Yeah, 87th minute, um, Ferland Mendy. Um, and Atalanta played most of the game with a red card after receiving a red card in the 17th minute. What did you guys make? I mean, if you look at Atalanta's style of play, they're known for being able to attack. And in this game, they had two shots on goal and zero on target. So defensively for Real Madrid, this was a really, really good shift that they've put in. And I think that they've kind of built a foundation on a game plan on how to stop Atalanta. Granted, they had 10 men for, what, 73 minutes of the game? Yeah. Uh, but... <laughs> At the same time, 
I think that they have built the confidence and like, okay, we got a clean sheet versus them. We got an away goal. Um, I think Atalanta are, are going to struggle to to beat Real Madrid in Spain and and see themselves go through the quarterfinals. Hey, Matt, anything bad? Um, no, I'm, I feel very similar. I think going down against Real Madrid in this game um, is costly. Um, I'm still, I think it's still a game, of course, 1-0. It's, it's, it's not a closed book, but I think it'll be tough for them to come back and, and try to win this one. Yeah, Madrid, as much as they may have fallen in recent years, are still, are still a team with lots of world-class players. Um, and now we move on to another team that a lot of people are saying are, are the favorites to win this competition. And actually, they've been favorites for a few years, but have never managed to win it. Manchester City, 2-0 win over Mönchengladbach, continuing their uh, – something crazy. I think that's, what, 19 games unbeaten now um, in all competitions. It's, it's absolutely ridiculous. And, and this could have scored more than two goals as well. Um, and, Matt, you go first. Um, so what, what else can you say about City other than they're, <laughs> they're playing fantastic football right now? Um, they, their defense is just clicking. They're not getting scored on. Um, and it seems like they can just score at, at, a, at on the easiest of wins. Um, and mm. now they're getting Gwena back. Um, and Gundogan is playing great. And then you're getting your forwards and scoring goals. Jesus has uh, scored a nice goal against or against the – I don't know how to pronounce Maj- it. Majin Gladbach. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I think since – City, I still, I, I, in my opinion, I think City has the best chance to win this, to win uh, the Champions League this year. Yeah, if I, I don't really have too much to say other than City are seem to go on some sort of crazy unbeaten run every single year, and they just hit their stride and win an incredible, ungodly amount of games in a row. And it doesn't matter who they play, and it doesn't matter who they put out for their team, and they'll just get clean sheets and score goals. But if I had to rank the games that I'm looking forward to the most um, in the next coming weeks, I would probably put the number one game that I'm going to be tuning into is, aside from the Liverpool game, which I'll obviously watch, is the Chelsea versus Atletico Madrid game. That thing, I think, is must-see TV right now. And then in terms of the game that is probably going to be the most enjoyable, I think Sevilla Dortmund was really, really fun to watch the the first leg, and the same is going to be said for the second leg. Yeah, there's a lot of um, – well, for one thing, keep in mind, like Ahmad mentioned, not only a City playing without De Bruyne, but they've also played the whole season without Aguero, and that's just so scary to think of when you think of the fact that those have been their two biggest players over the last three, four, or five years. Um, maybe not five, three, because three, four years. Um, and the fact that they're producing these results without either of them is just scary, scary as a United fan. But – yeah, um, going back to Clay, your point, I think we're lucky because there's quite a few games that that promise to be quite exciting um, next week as well. I mean, apart from you can get rid of Bayern, and you know, I'm gonna, I'm also gonna say you can the City game, the City tie is probably over as well, barring some comeback from PSG Barcelona. Uh, you could also count Sevilla Dortmund, Atletico Chelsea, Porto Juventus. Madrid, Atlanta, all of those are, are games with just one goal between them. So lots of lots of exciting games coming up in the next leg. So really looking forward to that as well. 
Um, yeah. And those, you go ahead. No, you can finish your thought. No, that's all I was going to say. I think that's that just about wraps up the, the Champions League section, unless either of you have anything. Clay, tell oh. us about your game. Yeah, okay. So I was going to walk us through the rules of this little um, mini game that we're going to do. And I think this is going to be really fun. We'll see how it goes. But what we are, have set up here is basically each of us, it's going to be a fantasy football style draft. So if you're not familiar with that, everyone is going to be in control of their own starting 11. And we're going to be trying to build the strongest starting 11 possible. And the way this game is going to work is we've randomized the order. So Craig is going to go first, then Emad, and then me. I'm going last, like a good host does. And, um, <laughs> and so, yeah, so Craig, with the first pick, can choose any player in the Prem. And after he's chosen, that player is unavailable to Emad and I. And the same is said for whoever we choose. So the way it's going to work is Craig's going to choose first, Emad second, I'm third. And then the next round, I go first, then Emad, and then Craig. So it snakes back and forth. And at the end, we'll do 11 rounds. And we're going to try to build the strongest starting 11 that we can. And we can then at the end debate and maybe put out like a Twitter poll to see who built the strongest team. So, yeah. Let's do it. All right, so Craig, you're on the clock with the first pick. Who are you going to take? The pool of players that we're able to choose from is anyone in the Premier League. So get a lot of good players to choose from. But I think I have a uh, a little bit of an inkling as who you're going to choose as your United fan. <laughs> yeah, I'm. Uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm hard pressed not to not to pick Bruno. I, I think I've got to. I mean, even if I wasn't a United, well, okay, since I'm a United fan, I think. I think I, I've got to pick him just because I have to have him on my team. But even even if I wasn't, I mean, the numbers he's producing are just incredible. And even if he wasn't producing those numbers, in my opinion, um, he's still just as special because he's completely trans. Even without the goals and assists, he's completely transformed the way United have played since he's come in. We wouldn't be, you know, second place in the league without him. We'd still be mid table um, as we had been a couple years before. And it's it's literally it's all down to him. And so his mentality um, and just effect is, is just as important, if not more important than the numbers. And so, of course, people make all kinds of excuses with the numbers and say, oh, this, that, penalties, easy assists, um, paying the refs, blah, blah, blah. It's irrelevant to me because even without the numbers, he's still um, one of the best, if not the best midfielder in the league on form. Of course, on form. I'm not, he's only been here a year, so I'm not going to, you know, say – he can, he's already outdoing everybody else, but yeah, first pick easy. Bruno Fernandez. All right. I, I do want to clarify that there are some players, as we know, that have had season ending and season long injuries. This is going to be a team that not just for this year, but your team that you're going to carry forward towards next year and beyond. So keep that in mind as, as you go along. All right. Oh, and that, up with the next pick. What? No, nothing. I was going to say, in that case, I still pick Bruno. All no. right, I'm at, go ahead. I was basically just saying that Van Dyke is available for a selection. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm sorry to do this to, to you, Clay, um, but as a fellow Liverpool uh, supporter, uh, you just can't pass up on the, the Egyptian king. I'm going to have to go with Mohamed Salah as my... Uh, Mo Salah! Okay, that's a solid pick. Um, so you... Craig went with a midfielder to start, and Imad went with a winger. Winger. Yes. And 
I'm going to actually, I have back to back picks here, so I can choose two players. And I think that my choice is, is, uh, oh man, okay, I'm, I'm choosing between three players and I'm going to assume that the third, well, whoever I don't choose is going to be gone before I come back. So I'm going to talk you through my thought process. I'm trying to decide between Van Dyke, De Bruyne, and Harry Kane. And mm-hmm. I don't think that there's, any other players that I could would be considering at this point right now. Um, so to start off, I'm going to start off with De Bruyne. Um, in my opinion right now, he is the best midfielder, not only in the league, but in the world. This the amount of his versatility and the way he can pick out passes is insane. So Kevin De Bruyne is going to be my first pick. And I'm actually going to start out from the back, building from the back, the big Dutchman BVD is going to be my guy. So Imad. Wow. So I start with KDB and BVD, and Imad, your backup. Um. So I think right now I'm really focused on trying to build my team around my attack. So I'm going to go the other side of the wing, and uh, I'm going to go with Rashford. Oh. Uh-huh. Over Mane, and Sterling. Interesting. Choice. I think Rashford has a. Very, uh, very high ceiling for his future in the Prem. So. Yeah. Every time you play against him, you're really scared. Yeah, I like that pick. Well, I don't like it because I don't, I can't pick him, but, but I think it's probably a smart pick, um, especially because Clay, you said we're moving forward. So, yeah, in the, in the years to come, he's a little bit younger. I, I'll have to, I, I really thought you were going to pick Harry Kane, so I was scared, but I'll, I'll go ahead and take him then. Um, I don't think many arguments can be made about, the forward position this season. So I'll, I'll go Harry King. All right. Sounds good. You have oh, picks. So do you I got two? Oh, I got two picks. Oh, brilliant. Okay. So Harry Kane's my striker. Who do I have? I only have two players. So I have, I have Bruno who can pretty much <laughs> play anywhere, anywhere in the midfield and then Harry Kane, but okay. So Bruno Kane, um, I'll go for, I'll go for a winger as well. And I'm actually, I'm gonna do something. I'm gonna go for. I'm gonna go for Hyungmin Son. I'm gonna go for the for the Kane and Son chemistry here. I think that plays a big role. I think they're both amazing players, incredible on their own. But when you put them together, they're just they're worth you know a whole team on their own. And so I'm gonna go for that. All right, there you go. Kane and Son are Craig's two picks, and you mad? You're up again. You have Rashford and Salah on the wings who is your third player um so i'm going to shift now i think i'm going to go a little more defensive um and with that mm-hmm. in mind i'm going to go robertson uh, as my left back yeah i think it's pretty clear that he's the best left back in the prem right now that's a good choice i would i i don't know if i would completely agree with that i would argue right now now luke shaw is the best left back in the league on form um but we can have that argument later as well. Your pick, Clay. All right, I think you're crazy. So, um, man, this is a really tough choice. I don't have anybody in the front three yet. And there's still a, really, a lot of really, really good options out there. In terms of midfield, I mean, wow. Um, I could go Trent and get my right back. I could go with uh, get a 
great defensive pairing and get Ruben Diaz, who I think this year has been the best um, center back in the league. Or I could go goalkeeper, but I don't think I'm going to do that. So um, my first player that I'm going to choose actually is I'm going to choose. I'm going to go with Aubameyang. Wow. Um, I think Aubameyang is still one of the best. Actually, you know what? No, I'm I'm taking my pick back. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going Sadio Mane down the left. Easy money. Very interesting. So wait, who are your two picks? So no, I I just chose Mane. I haven't chosen Aubameyang yet because my other pick that I'm going to choose is... I'm going to go Ruben Diaz and I'm going to get a great backline. Oh, that's a scary backline right there. VVD and Ruben Diaz. Tough to beat. Yeah. Clay's really picking up these, um, these, these center backs. All right. Imad, you're back up right now. Your team is looking like Rashford down the left, Salah down the right and Rabo as your left back. Um, so who are you choosing next? So, of course, you need a strong forward to to bring your team together. So, with that knowledge, I'm going to have to go Jamie Vardy up top. Mm, solid pick. Yeah, I solid was considering pick. him. Um, but now, I guess, since both you guys have already chosen your strikers, I can wait. Yeah, so we're back to me now, right? Yes. Oof. And I get two picks? Play. are you putting our teams up? Who do I have so far? So your team right now is Harry Kane, Hyung Min Son, and Bruno Fernandez, and you get to choose two players right now. Ah, two players. I am going to. I think I'm going to go ahead and complete my attack. I'm going to pick. I'm going to pick Jack Grealish. And I'm going to pick, ooh, I'm really tied between. So Jack Grealish, I'm picking as a midfielder, by the way, not a winger. I know he's been playing on the wing, but okay. he's equally capable of playing in midfield and, and also not even just attacking. He has some defensive quality. So him and Bruno, very versatile midfield. And now for my winger, I'm tied between, I'm trying to decide between Sterling, who's proven himself very capably, or between two youngsters, Phil Foden or Okayo Saka for Arsenal since we're going into next season as well. And so I'm a little bit who to put out on that wing. Um, I think I'll go with, I think I'll go with Foden just because I'm a massive, massive fan of him. You you see a lot of versatility there because Foden can also play in the middle and Grealish can play on the wing or vice versa. So yeah, that's actually, that's what I'm kind of going with my whole team. Cause even Son, he can play anywhere across the front. Grealish and Foden can play kind of anywhere. And, Harry Kane actually has shown that he can drop deeper than, than we thought he could and provide some assists as well this season. So, and Bruno, of course, can be versatile. All right. Back so to you, Ahmad. You're front three, and you have two midfielders also. So it looks like you and Ahmad are going to be battling it out for the defenders soon. So I'll be able to reap the rewards. Yeah. All right, Ahmad, you're up with the next pick. All right. So I'm going to now focus on a goalkeeper because I feel like um, in the prem, there's a very – limited top tier um, 
of goalkeepers. Of course, there's great goalkeepers all around, but I think there are two that we know that are just men among or men among child children. Yeah. Um, so I'm gonna <laughs> go Ali Sun as my goalkeeper. Um, very excited for how the Liverpool's defense is gonna look once uh, they get everyone off of the injury list. So. Yeah, I think that's a solid pick. I considered him, but I actually think that there's three top goalkeepers right now because I'm going to include Nick Pope in there. So I think that him him and what he's been able to do with Burnley, and I'll be happy with if I get him or Ederson. So whoever Craig doesn't pick, I'll choose. Um, but me, I have two picks. I'm actually really glad, Craig, that you didn't choose Sterling because that's who I'm going to take. I think it's pretty obvious. I'm going to have Mane and Sterling down the wing. Um, and I think that's a, a very, very deadly attack for me. And then my next pick, I'm going to choose. So I, I only have one midfielder right now. And I'm trying to think about different players. I'm, I don't want to make my team too attack minded because I think that Although Craig's team is exciting, it could be a little bit caught out going forward. So I'm not. I'm not done yet. I'm not done. I've only. Oh, picked, okay. Only okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, Don't worry. I still got five players to pick. Right. 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 So six players. Sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> okay. With that being said, I'm gonna go with. Oh, I, I'm gonna go with Jordan Henderson. As the backbone of my team, he's going to be – him and Kevin De Bruyne, I think, are going to boss the midfield with me. And he'll allow Kevin to be creative and express himself going forward. And I think I might play him as a holding midfielder, but we'll have to see. So that leaves me with Mane throwing down the wing, De Bruyne and Henderson in the midfield, and then Diaz and Van Dyke in the center back position. So I have two players – and defense to in a midfield into an attack. So your turn I'm at. Um I'm gonna look towards uh building my midfield now. Um and I think it's really important to find the right guy to to change from the midfield to the attacking. So I'm gonna look for a cam right now and I think I'm gonna go with Zayich. I think he has a really good future at Chelsea. Um and I'm very interested to see where he can take that. So yeah, he's definitely a talented player that hasn't performed as well as I thought he would off the bat at Chelsea. But yeah, that's a that's a solid pick. All yeah, right, not many Chelsea players picked yet. Craig, your turn. All right, back, back to, to me. Back huh? picks here. I am going to go as you so graciously pointed out, Clay. I've picked a lot of attacking players so far, although both Fernandez and Grealish have can very capably defend as well. Um, but you're right. I do need some more balance in my team. And which is why this pick I'm going to go for, I'm torn between two. I need somebody to anchor that midfield. Um, you I have think two picks, so. Well, yeah, but I'm only going to pick one holding midfielder. Um, Fabinho would be, would be a brilliant pick, as would Rodri on Manchester City. And so I'm trying to decide between those two. And I think those are, oh, actually, you know what? Scrap them both. I'm going for Declan Rice. Declan Rice, Declan Rice, Bruno Fernandez, and Jack Grealish. That is a midfield to be terrified of. It has pretty much everything you would need because all three of those players, Declan Rice as a holding midfielder, can get up just as well as as anyone. And Jack Grealish and 
Bruno Fernandez can get back as well as anyone. So I'm going for for some versatility here. Sorry, and I love Fabinho and I love um, Rodri, but oh, I'm scared of my own midfield. <laughs> okay. All right. Hey, Mad, you are up. You just took ZX with your last pick. And... Oh, I have one more. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Oh, yeah, sorry, sorry. Uh, bad, bad. You have one more. That completes your midfield. Yeah. You have basically all your defense and your goalkeeper position is open. Yep. So now I just got to focus on my defense and I'm going to start off by, um, by snapping up Wesley Fofano from Leicester as my center back. Wow. That is very surprising to me considering that he is only the third center back off the board. Um, That's not who I would have taken if I was looking at center back, but good for you. (laughs) All right, yeah, Matt, your turn. <laughs> um, I'm gonna pick him up now before he's gone. I'm gonna get Fabinho as my one of my defensive holding. Yeah, I think that was a good choice. I almost picked him over Henderson, but I just think that the intangible is that Henderson brings. So I'm gonna value leader. them. Such a good leader. Yeah, and kind of like Craig, I'm gonna choose as my last midfielder someone who. With paired with De Bruyne, I think that they could both be really, really good going forward. And I'm going to get a lot of creativity in my midfield by picking up James Rodriguez. So my um, so my midfield is now De Bruyne, Henderson, and James. Um, and then my next pick, oh, I basically only I don't have... know. I think that midfield needs some more balance. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I <don't> think... <laughs> no, I'm being, I don't think Henderson's defensive enough to – to account for James and De Bruyne being the other two, because neither of okay, those you two. Cannot, you cannot possibly work. argue with me that Bruno and Grealish can go back, but but De Bruyne cannot. So I'm not going to hear your argument. What? Oh. Yes, you can. No, because Bruno and Grealish both do actually go back, and De Bruyne and James so don't, does, which so is not a bad thing. So does De Bruyne. No, he doesn't. No, he, he does. he's not anywhere. In, he Bruno's played in the number six, and he does perfect. And he played before he came here. Everyone knows that De Bruyne's, which is fine. He's arguably a better midfielder as well, but he's very attack focused. He's not, he doesn't defend nearly. No, it's Bruno well. though. Like, I don't understand what you're no. trying to say. But no, you're not watching it. You're not watching enough United. Bruno, the tackles he makes in defense, and he runs the most in the whole team every single game, which is not true for De Bruyne. They're very different players, but your team, go ahead. To be fair, with his center back uh, duo, I feel That's like- true. Especially with Hendo as well as his DM. I feel like that gives you a That's very true. solid three. Um, that allows the rest of the midfield to, to go up and attack more. more good point. Good point. There we go. There we go. Um, okay. So I'm struggling to decide whether I'm going to complete my forward line or if I'm going to take a wing back. Uh, whew, this is really tough. So I think right now I'm going to choose. Wow. There's a lot of good wingbacks right now that are on the board. And the player I'm oh, going to yeah. choose, I'm going to choose Joao Cancelo. And I haven't decided if he's going to play left or right back yet for me because I think that he's versatile enough to play on both sides. And he's been really, really good this year. And if we see him paired with Ruben Diaz, I mean, we all know how good the city's defensive record has been so far. All right. Your turn, bad. Um, I think before you guys start snapping them all up, I'm going to grab my, my right back, um, in Chilwell. 
Ben Chilwell from Chelsea. I think he's fantastic. For a right back? Yes. Oh, um, interesting. All right. Um, All right. Interesting. I like it. And uh, hopefully him and Rob on the outside can connect with the, the forwards well. Yeah. Interesting. I did not think that you were going to choose him. So, um, and Matt going for the Chelsea players here. Yeah. Imad likes Chelsea. All right. So what do I got, Clay? I need. So you have uh, your front three, Son, Kane, Foden, and you have your midfield and Grealish, Fernandez, and Rice. And then you have Fofana as your center back. So, so I need two center backs. Oh, no, one center, center back, back and two backs and a goalkeeper. And a goalkeeper. All right, all right, all right. Um, so I should probably pick up my other center back right now. And there's actually been a lot of center backs who've impressed me on even lower teams, but maybe it's safer to go to go with a, a center back from a big six team because Clay was making so much fun of Wesley Fofana. Um, maybe I'll – so I guess – oh, who do I go with? Who do I go with? Um, I'll pick up John Stones then, just out of for if for any reason, just to reward him for the for the resilience he's shown to come back and produce the season he's produced. I, I appreciate that, so I'll reward him for that by picking him. Um, and I think he he complements Fofana well as well. I think they're two. That'll be a good pairing. And then I'll go for a wing back. You picked Cancelo. Um, pick Cancelo. I'm gonna go for. I'm gonna go for Reese James. Um, I'll pick the other Chelsea wing back. Um, I think he's got a heck of a future, and attacking wise, I think he's he's got it in him to be the best attacking fullback in the league in the next couple of years. And he's actually quite good defensive, well, relatively good defensively as well compared to some of the other fullbacks who um, who are up and coming. All right, so back to you, Matt. Rising fullback um, selections. Um, Imad, you have two spots left. One is the midfield. Oh, three spots left. One is the midfield and then two center backs. So Um, I'm going to grab a center back now. Um, And, uh, you know, I'm riding Chelsea pretty hard. So I think I'm going to stick with them and I'm going to go Tiago Silva. That's one of my center backs. Oh, big pick. All right, yeah. That's some solidity at the back line. There's Um, a captain right there. Solid leader from the back. And I thought this decision would be made for me earlier, but it has not. I was debating between Trent and um, picking up Aaron Juan Basaka, and I was really just trying to decide if I wanted uh, a wingback that could go forward for me or a wingback that could go that's really solid defensively. And man, I think I'm just going to complete the Liverpool and City backline by picking up Trent. I mean, <laughs> I can put Kinsella at left back, and him and Diaz will play as the left center back and left back. And then Van Dyke and Robertson, and not Robertson, Van Dyke and Trent will have the chemistry on the right side. And as a whole, anybody who sees my backline is going to be very, very fearful. All right. All right. You got another pick, right? Yes, I do have another pick. So I'm basically down to my goalkeeper and my striker because I've been waiting for striker because you guys chose your striker earlier. And I think that's given me a little bit of a chance to to capitalize in other areas. But right now, 
I'm going to choose Ederson. And I think that Craig's going to be pretty happy that he's left with who I assume to be Nick Pope. And maybe, maybe De Gea, I guess, also could be chosen for his goalkeeper. But I'm going to pick up Ederson and have the complete – even my, my holding midfielder, Henderson, is from City or United. but Or not, City or Liverpool. Sorry. All right. So, Imad. Um, I'm looking for another center back, of course. Um, it's tough and it's I, getting thin it's getting thin I had one in mind <clears throat> and I think I'm going to have to go with Gomez uh, he's been uh, gone for a while but I think he has the speed, the talent um, the youth to, to really evolve to the next level in the prem so, yeah, that's Gomez. an interesting pick especially paired with the maturity of Thiago Silva I kind of like that back line. It's pretty good for you. Or center back line, yeah. at least. I think they'll they'll partner each other very well. As long as Silva can stay healthy for another few years, that's a solid partnership right there. Good compliments. Um, so, Craig, you need a left yeah. back and a goalkeeper. and you have Left back and goalkeeper. Right so I'll complete my team right now is what you're saying? Yes. Um, yeah. I, I, the reason I didn't go with Juan Bissaka is because I thought that, I mean, he's the best defensive fullback in the league. Period, not even close. But I think Reese James offers um, just a little bit more going forward. So I had to pick him. But I'll make up for not picking Juan Bissaka by picking Luke Shaw at left back. Um, for me, he's been the best left back in the league this season. His improvement's massive. So I've got to pick him. And then goalkeeper, I'm actually not going to pick Nick Pope. Well, maybe. I'm actually torn between Nick Pope and Emmy Martinez. You can see I have my fantasy team pulled up on on the Zoom share screen. And I, I drafted him at the beginning and he's been a rock in my team. I believed in him and he's rewarded me. And he's playing on, on you know, Aston Villa, which arguably maybe, Aston Villa are very organized, but maybe a little bit harder to be goalkeeper than a team like Burnley, who are very, very, who are known to be defensively resolute. Uh, I love Nick Pope, you know I do. I'm gonna go with Emmy Martinez, just cause I feel like he's won him, he's won himself a special place in my heart this season. And I'm going to go for emotions um, more than that's always the smart way to do it. Yeah, no De Gea, no Nick Pope. Thank you for your service, Emmy. You're in my team. All right, there you go. That completes Craig's squad, and we're going to run through them all at the end. So, um, Imad, you're up with your last pick. It's looking like it's going to be a midfielder, unless you surprise us with something else. Um, so yeah, um, I got to fill that last midfielder position, and I'm looking more for a holding type. Um, to line up with Fabinho. Um, and I think that that person for me is going to be Alan from Everson. I think he... Uh, going to be who? Uh, Alan. Oh, Alan. Okay, Alan. Good pick, good pick. Um, I, I, I appreciate that. You get the Brazilian uh, chemistry right there with <laughs> Fabinho. Um, and he plays very aggressive, very tough uh, defense. And I think it allow my outside backs to get up with the attack and hopefully bring the team together. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good shout. So I'm down to my last pick and it's going to be a forward of some sort. And I'm debating between man. Oh, I feel like the top two strikers in the league right now are pretty obvious and Vardy and Kane. And after that, I'm trying to think about either taking the, 
potential of Timo Werner or the the who I think is one of, still one of the best strikers in the league is Aubameyang because he just represents a bright spot in what otherwise is not very bright Arsenal team. Wait, you you already picked Aubameyang, right? No, I didn't. I was gonna pick him earlier, and then I chose Mane instead. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Um, so this is my last pick, and I'm trying to think. Okay, so my team right now has good service for the headers and stuff with Trent and Cancelo and and Kevin De Bruyne. So I'm gonna pick Aubameyang to lead my line, and that concludes the draft. And I'm gonna run through everyone's teams right now, and I think everyone has a pretty solid squad. I don't think there's a uh too obvious winner except for me so my team is pretty <laughs> clearly the best which is what we all expected so <laughs> but starting off craig's team right now at striker he has harry kane and then his wingers are going to be foden and son but then at, at midfield he has bruno jack Grealish, declan rice and then his back line is Luke Shaw, Wesley Fofana, John Stones, Reese James, Emmy Martinez. Craig, how do you think your team went? Oh, I'm so happy. I'm honestly, I'm, I'm looking at my team and I'm not sure how many players, um, even if there was no, like if I had just had the whole pick to myself, nobody in between. I'm not sure how many different players, and maybe we all feel the same way because there's only three of us, so maybe it was easier, but there's not too many players I would have picked differently, even if, even if it was just me picking. Um, yeah, I can't think of any actually, because I was always going to pick Martinez in goal. Um, and yeah, other than that, I think I got all the picks that I wanted. Oh, what I like most about my team, actually, there's so many things I like about my team. Oh, it's so versatile, as I've mentioned, from front to back, it's very, very versatile. Um, especially the midfield and front three can pretty much do anything. And then what I like even more is, apart from Martinez, I'm not sure exactly how old he is, the rest of my team still has quite a few years. The oldest person in the field is probably Harry Kane, and he's not even that old yet. Um, the rest of, I mean, Foden, Grealish, Bruno, Luke Shaw, Wesley Fofana, Reese James, Declan Rice, I've got, I've got a really, really young team, so i got a team for the future here. So versatility and youth, and oh, I'm very happy with my team. All right, there you go. There you have it. So, Imad, your team is looking like Jamie Vardy leading the line, Mo Salah and Marcus Rashford down the wings, the midfield trio of Fabinho, Allen, and Ziyech, and then your back line is going to be Andy Robertson, Thiago Silva, Joe Gomez, Ben Chilwell, and Allison in that. How do you feel about it? That's a ride-or-die team right there. I think uh, you have the... <laughs> The system right there, uh, very similar to Liverpool, where it's just strong defense with uh, very attack-minded uh, outside backs. And then I have the Fabinho and Allen in the midfield right there to really hold down, um, keep possession. Um, and I think Zayach is uh, a player very similar to Coutinho, like a little magician, you know? I think with the ball on his feet, he can do a lot of things. And I think it's very important to get a player like that so you can connect with uh, those strong, fast, outside attack players such as Salah and Rashford. And then, of course, Jamie Vardy, if the ball is at his feet, there's always a chance it's going to end up in the back of the net. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm in love with my team. I would love to see this type of team. 
put together and, and play on in the prem. And that leaves my team. I have Obama Yang at striker um, and Mane and Sterling down the wings with De Bruyne, James Rodriguez, Henderson in my midfield, and then a back line of Jock Cancelo, Ruben Diaz, Van Dyke, Trent, and Ederson. And I just now noticed that my team is pretty much all City or Liverpool players. I have five City and four Liverpool. And honestly, that makes me really happy because those are the two teams that have dominated the league the last three or four years. And I think those are the two teams that will continue to dominate it for the foreseeable future. And if you put together a squad of the chosen 11 between those two teams, it's going to be somewhat close to what I have right now. And I think that's a blueprint for success is if you pull from the teams that have been succeeding. And uh, the creativity uh, that De Bruyne and James offer up, then they can still be covered up by defensively covered up by um, Ruben Diaz and Van Dyke, which I think is a terrifying center back duo. But we're going to leave it to you guys to see who you think is the best, the best uh, 11 that we've built. And we'll probably put out a poll on Twitter or something like that. So yeah. Any, any uh, final thoughts from you guys? Uh, yeah, we well, should like, let go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, well, I was just going to say, thank you boys for having me. Um, I've had such a great time on the show and I cannot wait to see what you guys uh, continue to do with this, this podcast. And uh, hopefully we get to see our teams uh, grow and develop into uh, the upcoming seasons. Definitely. Craig, what were you going to say? Thanks. Uh, well, I was, yeah, I was going to say we should also pick captains um, and then we can Love say that. our goodbyes to Ahmed. Okay. Uh, Clay, Clay, you go first. All right. Well, my captain is pretty easy. Um, I'm going to choose Jordan Henderson. I think he's top five, top 10 captain in the history of the league right now. So, um, Whoa. Great, great leader and uh, a legend in the game. So easy pick for me. Um, I think I would have to go with my center back, Tiago Silva. You know, he just has mm. so much, uh, so many years in so many different leagues um, under his belt. And I feel like as a, as any player playing with him or next to him, it's, it's very hard not to see him as a, a person you strive to be like. So, All good right. picks, good picks. And then I'll go with, <clears throat> I'll go with someone who's not even captain of the club right now. Bruno Fernandez. Um, I knew you. I think you just, you just wanted us to do that so you can put give Bruno the armband over Harry Kane. So, no, no, no. Because actually, Harry Kane was. <laughs> I was. I, I was deciding up until right now whether I was going to give it to Kane or Bruno. Because Kane has. Actually, that's not true because Bruno was captain before. I was going to say Kane has more experience. Kane has experience at a higher level being captain. But who are we kidding? I mean, all respect to Harry Maguire, Bruno is like a second captain on the field for United. So he knows what it feels like, even though he doesn't have the armband. So I'll, I'll give it to Bruno. Just um, maybe the bias will come into play there. Uh, but yeah, I'll give it to Bruno. But um, and Matt, you were saying earlier, um, I think we all had a lot of fun this episode. We've this is your our second time doing a guest, and both episodes have been super super fun. So probably something we'll we'll keep doing. But thanks so much for coming on. All had a great time. Of course, thank you again. It was it was a great time. It was so much fun. Yeah, this was a blast, and I hope you guys enjoyed as well. And we will catch you guys next time. Thanks.